1: You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 39, Lucetta Zaytun. How tragedy pushed her to embrace fear and live the life of her dreams. When it's dinner time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like mini trees. When you're having dinner with me,
0: broccoli Achoo.
1: I am your host, Dr. Yami Kazorla lancaster board-certified pediatrician, certified food for life cooking and nutrition instructor, certified well coach, and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition Habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio, veggie lovers. Happy Sunday. I hope you are enjoying your day, enjoying summertime, and eating your plants, of course. Before I introduce this week's fabulous guest, I want to tell you about a few things that I have coming up in the next few weeks. I will be introducing a new program that I am opening up. It's going to be very exclusive. I will only be taking 10 women for what I call the Warrior Woman Wellness Program. It is a 16-week program to help ladies that would like to lose weight and change their habits and live the life of their dreams. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned. I will be releasing more information in about four to six weeks and how to sign up. In addition, if you don't already watch my YouTube videos, please check out Veggie Fit Kids on YouTube where we release weekly videos that are really fun Like Taco Bell and Subway, and shopping at Walmart, as well as health tips for both kids and families. So, check that out. Also, find me on Facebook, Veggie Fit Kids. I just hit 2,000 likes. I'm so excited. I have this dream of doubling that by my birthday, which is August the 4th. So, probably a little bit lofty, but hey. If you don't already like my Facebook page, go over and give me a like and share it with your friends so that we can bring up that following and I can continue to share all this information that might help somebody. Finally, also if you listen to the podcast and you enjoy it and you've gotten something from it, could you please return the favor and give me a rating and review on whatever platform you use? And if you feel like other people could benefit from one of these episodes, please feel free to share it. Share it as many times as you want. I've been having so much fun doing these and I have just been touched by how many people have been benefiting from them and Everybody gets something different out of every conversation, which is amazing. So thank you so much. Okay, and then the last thing is that in this podcast, we will be talking about bungee jumping. Have you ever gone bungee jumping? Well, I recorded this last week, and after this airs, by the the time that this episode airs, I will have already bungee jumped for the first time in my life. I'm scared to death, like I feel like there's a big pit in my stomach, and honestly, I don't know how I'm going to make myself jump off that bridge. I'm going to be doing it in Whistler, British Columbia, one of my favorite places on earth, my happy place. I love going there. I'm going to be going there with my entire family, including my mother-in-law. So I'll report back so you can hear how I did, but I will definitely be videoing it. I'm sure I'm going to be posting about it, so stay tuned for that. So let me introduce this week's guest. Her name is Lucetta Zaytun, and I got to meet her at a conference I was at. She's super interesting. So Lucetta's ability to bounce back from tragedy time and time again is uncanny. After raising six kids, yet another life earthquake hit. This one led her to put everything she owned in storage, sell her car, shut down her phone, and travel in developing countries by herself for one year. Lucetta's precarious, intrepid, and fascinating runaway journey took her places she never imagined. So, without intending to, at age 51, she jumped off the world's highest bungee bridge, was French-kissed by a giraffe, fell in love with Africa, was abducted, ate a tarantula in Cambodia, and ultimately found herself. While on her courageous journey, every bit of Lucetta's past showed up to haunt and heal her, helping her make peace with her life and reclaim her authentic identity. Lucetta Zaytun is now an international speaker, a certified life and leadership coach, and a best-selling author. She is the author of her memoir, It's Already Tomorrow Here, Never Underestimate the Power of Running Away, and your amazing itty-bitty book on fear-busting, 15 Ways to Push Past Fear, Both books are available on Amazon. She currently lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you can find her at lucettazaytune.com. That's L-U-C-E-T-T-A-Z-A-Y-T-O-U-N.com. I know you'll really enjoy this conversation. I hope that it inspires you to push yourself to do something that scares the heck out of you like I'm going to be doing in a few days. Enjoy, and again, happy, happy Sunday. Lucetta, thank you so much for being on Veggie Doctor Radio today. I am so honored. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it was such a pleasure to meet you in person and see you speak live and talk about this amazing journey you've been on. So I want to hear about your story. How did you become an expert at busting through fear?
0: (laughs) It's a little crazy, but so after I raised six children and launched them out into the world a life smack hit that just destroyed everything for me. And that was, I discovered my husband had fallen in love with another woman. I was just devastated and I hit the floor and curled up in the fetal position for about six months. Because, you know, all those years of raising kids, I sat on boards, I volunteered, I did all kinds of things, but I didn't hold anything back for myself. I didn't earn one single penny. I didn't have any kind of a career, and now suddenly I needed one. So I just didn't even know who I was, didn't know how I was going to heal. So that curled me up in the fetal position. But after about six months of that, I had this aha in the middle of the night one night, and I bolted upright and I was like, wait a minute. I don't have to stay here. I don't have to stay. The kids are grown and gone. I can't heal in this town I see people I know everywhere I go, it drags it all back up again. So that led me to put everything I owned in storage, sell my car, shut down my phone, that was painful, and travel in developing countries by myself for a year. And while out there, without realizing it, I I ended up, Having to push past every single fear I could have ever imagined. Uh, do you want me to share a couple of the crazy things?
1: <laughs> oh, I would love. To, oh, I'd love to hear.
0: Okay. Well, without intending to, while I was out there, I ended up jumping off the world's highest bungee bridge. Even though I was deathly afraid of heights, but there's a whole story around how that happened. But it was a game changer for me. It changed everything. Uh, While out there, I also was French kissed by a giraffe. (laughs) I fell in love with Africa. I was abducted for a minute and um, I ate a tarantula in Cambodia, like just all kinds of crazy things happened out there. And, you know, when I, First, left the country I thought what I was doing was weak and cowardly I was literally just running away but then after I had all these experiences and got back in the country I realized it was the best idea ever because I was able to heal I was able to make peace with my past reclaim my own authentic identity And then I reclaimed all my courage as well.
1: So it turned out okay. Well, I mean, to me, it sounds like you did a complete 180. Like you went from this now single mom for six months that you had to become single again to becoming a single female world traveler. So at, at any point, did you feel like, Oh, wow, this is kind of dangerous. I'm not sure if I'm going to survive this or were you just like ready for the adventure?
0: Well, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, several, at several points I was afraid, but then what I would tell myself is, okay, other women have done this and they didn't have superpowers." So why can't I do this? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that kept me going. And even after the abduction, I, you know, I didn't run home. I didn't get on the first plane and go home. I actually felt empowered because I got out of that. And fortunately at that point, I was able to speak Swahili and I knew their culture. So I was able to talk my way out of it. So it was almost like every single one of those places where I had to push through my fear. I just got bolder and I gained more courage and I just wanted to keep going.
1: Yeah. Because at each step you were gaining confidence and skills and self efficacy. So it totally makes sense. Well, I want to hear more about this abduction. Where did that happen and and how did it happen? Uh, there's a whole story about that too.
0: And and I did write a book about all of this trip, but so I was um, about to cross the border from Tanzania to Malawi. And so I took a bus from Dar es Salaam and went down to the border and we got there late at night. It was already dark, got off the bus. It's always chaos. There were people trying to grab my bag. I literally had to crawl on top of people and Fortunately, I got my hand on my bag and they couldn't take it. But then a man, this is what they always do too. A man says, taxi, you need taxi. So I said, yes. And because I was going to spend the night at a hostel and then cross the border the next morning. So he goes over to another man who's in a car and talks to him in the driver's seat, you know, for a very long time, which That's pretty common as well. But then when I did get in the taxi, that man went around to the other side and he got in the back with me. And I said, no, I will not ride in a taxi with two men. And I turned and got out of the taxi. And as I stood up, I looked and the entire parking lot was clear. Every single person had left. So I had no choice but to get in that taxi. And while we were driving, I knew that the hostel was pretty near to where the bus was letting us out. But we just kept driving and driving and all of a sudden I saw him slip some Tanzanian shillings to the driver and he said in Swahili, keep driving. And then I freaked out. And he, at this point, I had only been speaking English with them. He didn't know I understood what he said. And in that moment, I knew something was going wrong. And I started thinking about their culture and how, what can happen. And he looked over and I guess he noticed that I was a little nervous or something. So he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, have peace. And then he slipped his hand down my shirt and his other hands down my pants. And I went, oh my God. And so I yelled out in Swahili. I am your grandmother. And I said that in Swahili and the driver was jolted because he didn't know I could speak Swahili. And then I said, uh, 51 years old in Swahili because I knew, you know, he was a young man and I knew that their culture, you know, they had great respect for the elderly mm. and especially for the grandmothers. Cause a lot of times the grandmothers raised the children, because AIDS has basically knocked out that entire middle generation. So, and I knew, you know, they probably had no way of figuring out how old this, I was blonde at the time, a blonde white woman from America was. So I, you know, I told them I was 51, that I was a grandmother. And then I told the driver in Swahili, take me to the hostel now. And the driver turned around. And at this point, we had been driving for a couple of hours. Whoa. And so the driver turned around. They took me to the hostel. But then the man got out, ran to the back, got my bag. And I I thought maybe he was just trying to make up or something. But then he shooed the taxi driver on and took my bag into my hostel room. Like he was in my room and i was freaking out again so i stood out on the door on the porch and yelled goodbye in swahili so that anyone around would know i was trying to get him out of there and so he did come out and he brushed up against me and kind of knocked me over and said i'll be here at i can't remember 6:30 in the morning i think to pick you up to take you to the border and then I just freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to give him all kinds of time to figure out how to seriously abduct me. So that night, I, you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to be out at 6 a.m. So yeah, I set my alarm. I got up 6 a.m. I went out. I found a man who said, you need something? I said, yeah, I need a taxi. And he took off running down the street. Down this, he probably ran for a mile to get me a taxi. Because that's the Africa that I know. Africa is so loving and generous and hospitable, and they will literally give you the shirt off their back that they don't even have. So that one guy was just a, an off thing.
1: Wow, that's a powerful story. I, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to make it out of that unharmed, and it sounds like you really were able to keep your composure during a time that was a very stressful incident that happened.
0: Yes. Well, inside, I don't know if I had my composure, but on the outside, I was looking very bold and courageous.
1: Yeah. Well, that brings me to the next question, because you talk about, and I read your your amazing itty bitty book of fear busting, 15 ways to push past fear. And you say there that 98% of fear is essentially false. Basically, it's not helpful to us. Um, so right. what does that mean?
0: Well, yeah, you're right. And this is the number one talks that I get hired for is fear is stupid 98% of the time. And what that means is here's the real deal. You know, our fear was created for us in our primal days. You know, when we were hunter gatherers and it was for survival. But nowadays in our culture, that may only come up in our, you know, that fight or flight may only come up maybe 2% of the time in our entire life. So that means the other 98% of the time, what happens is if you are fearful or worried or anxious, it means it's in the future, which means it hasn't even happened yet. And if it hasn't happened yet, it means we're making up a story. And as human beings, we always go to worst case scenario because that's just what we do Mm -hmm. as human beings. But the truth is, statistically, worst case scenario almost never happens. And, you know, why not make up best case scenario? If we're going to make up a story, let's just make up best case scenario and live in that energy instead. Because when you're in fear and anxiety, your cortisol levels, you know, get high and that's your anxiety hormone. Why not go to best case scenario and turn it into adrenaline? and start feeling excited.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like during your abduction story, that was a 2% of the fear. That's probably a good kind of fear, right? Yes, yeah, uh,
0: that, that did qualify for the 2%. <laughs> but all the other things that happened that were fearful uh, did not qualify.
1: Okay. Is it possible to be recklessly fearless? That's a very good question.
0: Um, I guess it would be possible, but it probably wouldn't come up very often. And here's why I say that it's, you can usually just handle it. Because here's the thing, because your viewers, this is for your audience, because you are living and breathing and watching this today, it means you have already been through so many things and fearful things, and disastrous things, and devastating things, because it happens to every single human in our life, and you handled it, because you're still here today, Mm -hmm. and you know, we are resourceful, and capable, creative human beings, so whatever happens, the truth is, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to handle it, Mm -hmm. And so really, you know, even if you are recklessly bold, which some people may say I am, but now, <laughs> but the truth is even if something does happen, you're gonna figure it out and handle it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I was very inspired by your story about the bungee jumping off of the tallest bridge in the world, is that correct? Yes. And I'm going to Whistler in about a week and a half and my dad is actually bungee jumped from there. So I signed up to go bungee jumping and my kids both want to do it too. They're eight and 13. So I want to make sure I do it before them just to make sure it's safe. Apparently there's been no safety incidents, incidences in the whole time of this one bungee jumping thing. But I would love for you to tell my audience about that story and what, just clicked in your mindset, which I think is brilliant, from being deathly afraid to excited to jump off this crazy tall bridge in Africa.
0: (laughs) Yes. Okay, I will tell that story. So, you know, after I left, I was volunteering in Tanzania, and then I I finished there and had to leave because my visa was running out. So I just began to travel. I took my pack, and I just began moving every day or every couple of days. And I decided to go down the entire east coast of the African continent all the way down to Cape Town. So I got off a bus one day in a town called Storm's River, and it was on the edge of the Eastern Cape. And one other young man from Germany got off the bus, too. And we were the only ones in the hostel at the time because it was off season. And he goes, hi, my name is Julian. I shook his hand and I was like, my daughter's name is Julian. And I said, she's 24. And he goes, I'm 24. And I went, wow, must have been a very good year. And he goes, are you going to do it? Are you going to jump? And I said, no way no, I'm not going to jump. And he goes, why not? It's the world's highest bungee bridge. How can you pass this up? And I said, easy. I am not crazy and I am deathly afraid of heights. There's just no way I can do this. And then he looked up at me with these puppy dog eyes and said, please don't make me go alone. Please, there's no one else here. And I came here specifically to do this. And so something kicked into me that had not happened in a long time. I kicked into mother mode (laughs) and I just decided, okay, I'm going to pay the money. I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go all the way to the edge with him and be with him and support him. There is no way I'm jumping. No way. I didn't tell him that, but I did support him. So on the way out, Right as they called our group of eight, as we were walking out to, to try to get under the bridge to do the walk, the guard stopped us and he goes, stop. This is only a five minute walk. Remind yourselves it's only five minutes. And we all looked at each other and we were like, what? Why is he saying it's only five minutes? And then we rounded the corner and we figured out why. They had built a wire cage and stuck it on the side of the bridge underneath where the cars were. And we had to walk across that wire cage, which was 219 meters high, which is equivalent to a 60-story building. And we were in Africa. There was no OSHA there. There were no lawyers waiting at the bottom, trial lawyers. (laughs) You know, it was just us walking across this rickety little wire cage and I got sick. I was afraid I was going to throw up. And at one point I thought I was going to faint and I was like, Julian, what have you gotten us into? And then I put my hands, I cupped my hands around my eyes like a horse with blinders at a race, just willing myself to only look straight ahead. And in that moment, Something happened. And that was that I remembered my only reoccurring childhood dream. And I had not thought about this since I was five years old. But I always had a dream of flying. And I, you know, my arms stretched out, flying over houses and mountains and fields and oceans. And I used to love it. And I'd completely forgotten about that. And all of a sudden, I realized this was my one and only ever true opportunity to really fly. And so in that moment, that fear completely went away and turned into excitement, and I decided I wanted to fly. And so I get up there, and of course, they call my number first, (laughs) which I was happy about because I couldn't get scared again. And they took me up to the edge. They wrapped up my ankles and I flew. And I really feel like I have been flying ever since.
1: Wow. Well, every time I hear that story and even just thinking about me jumping off a bridge that's not even nearly as tall as that one, I literally feel like my heart starts racing and it feels anxiety provoking. So what did it feel like when you jumped off? I mean, did it? Did it feel good like you wanted to, or, or was it a, a negative sort of feeling for you?
0: It was absolutely wonderful. I mean, when I first went out and went over the edge, I do remember I did a big gulp of air. It was kind of like a, like a big gasp, but then a couple of seconds in, I realized I am not dying. I am living In a completely different way and I just flew with my arms out and I flew the whole way and I feel like there was a repositioning of all of the self-confidence cells in my body when I did that jump.
1: Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread. I just think that's amazing, especially since you were a 50-year-old grandma, and you got pulled into this by a 24-year-old kid from Germany, and you ended up being the first one to jump. (laughs) Yes.
0: I believe that this is one thing that I learned on that trip out there. I believe that everything that happens to us is perfect. Now, perfect can be painful, awful, discouraging, but really, everything that happens to us in our lives is ultimately moving us forward and growing our soul and helping us become stronger and more ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I look at that as that entire situation was totally meant to be because it was such a game changer. It completely changed my life. And um, I believe that everything that does happen in our lives happens for a reason even though you may not realize it at the moment and it may not feel like it at the moment. I mean, even when my husband did cheat on me and I, and I caught him in it and I was absolutely rejected and devastated. When I got back into the country, I actually thanked him for it and we became friends because uh, I became a completely different person. You know, I never, if I had stayed with him, I still would have been all about his law career. I never would be living out my life purpose the way I am now. I would not have reclaimed my own authentic self. And I love my life so much now. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to thank him. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, it was a painful incident that changed the entire trajectory of your life. There's very little chance that you would have been doing what you're doing now if you would have stayed on that same path back then.
0: Absolutely. I would not be doing this at all. And clearly this was my purpose here on this planet, is to give people hope, to help them push past fear, to wake up from sleepwalking in our lives because our culture has just numbed us down. Mm -hmm. It really has. And so many people live their life by the shoulds rather than by what they want in their life. Mm -hmm. So I just am living
1: a dream. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's a perfect transition into my next question is what is one thing that a person can do if they want to start conquering their fear and live out their dream?
0: Well, I would say the first thing is figure out what it is you really want and make sure that that motivation is coming from within you rather than externally motivated or a should. Just like when I went up on that bungee bridge, you know, I was motivated for this young man. It was not mine. It was for him. But in that moment on the bridge, it suddenly became mine and the fear went away. So one thing to do is to check your motivation to make sure this is something you really, really want in your heart. And a lot of those fears will go away. The next thing is, if you are having some fears around it, stop yourself for a moment and go, wait a minute, what is the story I'm making up here? Okay, I'm making up this story. That could potentially be ridiculous. What would be the best case scenario? I'm just going to start taking little steps because every time you take an action or a small step, the fear begins to dissipate too. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, just realize, even if you go after that goal or that dream and it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, you're going to handle it. You are going to handle it. Mm -hmm. And you will have learned and you will look back and go, oh, that's why that happened that way. Because I learned this. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, very interesting. Now, is the object to eliminate fear or to push past the fear? Because aren't there going to be times that no matter what we do, we're still going to be scared? Yes.
0: Yes. It really is about pushing past the fear. And one interesting thing is that fear and excitement physiologically manifest in the body the same way. So you can change your thinking and take that fear and change it into excitement sometimes. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you just have to push past the fear anyway. And you just take one step, a small step, just like I did. You know, I didn't even want to be out on that bridge, but I... I took a small step to be with that young man. Mm -hmm. So you just take a small step and that step informs the next, which informs the next, which informs the next. And the fear begins to dissipate. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. you're going to have it anyway, probably as you get up there and jump off that bungee bridge too. And this Sunday I'm taking a group of people to jump out of an airplane and I've never done that before either. So I imagine I might have a little fear as I'm standing on the edge of that open door of a plane 13,000 feet in the air.
1: Yeah, that's, oh, that's incredible. I did put that on my bucket list. I want to do it sometime, but I think I'll start with the bungee jumping. See how that goes. (laughs) Make sure I survive that one. Um, So basically what you're saying is pushing past your fear, conquering your fear. A lot of it is about establishing a new habit, a new habit of being uncomfortable and being okay with being uncomfortable and just doing it anyway. So how can people start to take the practice of this habit and learn from it? Great question. Um, yes, this is the thing
0: about courage. Um, You know, the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to be with being uncomfortable. And that's what happened to me out on that trip. I just had to be uncomfortable all the time. And then I got comfortable with being uncomfortable. But here's the thing. Courage is the fastest way to self-confidence. So if you can start with even small things in your life and intentionally say, okay, I'm just going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and just keep practicing your courage, then pretty soon not a lot of things are going to make you afraid because you're going to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So after you jump out of a, you know, after you jump off the bungee bridge, then it's going to be less fearful for you to go jump out of an airplane. So it's all about taking those steps. And, you know, sometimes when people do courageous things, they don't feel courageous in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like that man who climbed those three levels on that apartment building in France and saved that toddler. Mm -hmm. I think that was a week or so ago on the news. Or if somebody runs into a burning house to save a loved one or a pet they're not thinking that's courageous. They're just so passionate about what they want to do or who they want to save or what their goal is that they don't think about as courage Mm -hmm. until they get back out later. But then you can have intentional courage. And that's like what you're going to do to go bungee jumping where you just say, I am going to intentionally try to do something courageous every day no matter how small it is. And I mean, bold means something different to everyone. You know, it doesn't mean just jumping off a bungee bridge. It could be eating alone in a restaurant without your electronics. It could be anything. It could be singing karaoke somewhere. It could be going for a walk around your neighborhood. Bold means something different to everyone. So I just encourage your viewers and listeners to stretch and try their courage. And that's how you change the habit that you were talking about. And that's how you get more comfortable being uncomfortable and you get more bold in your life.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. And I love how you bring up how fear is very individualized, um, I am one of those very rare people that I love public speaking. Like that's my favorite place to be on a stage talking to people and that's most people's like worst nightmare. So that right. does not scare me. I get excitement flutters and you know butterflies out of excitement, but I'm not scared. Um, but I used to be one of those people that was afraid of going to a restaurant by myself and eating a meal by myself. I the whole time I thought people were looking at me or felt very self-conscious. Yeah. That's one of those things that I practice doing. So now I actually crave going by myself to a restaurant when we were at the quantum leap meeting this is so funny you know when we're at networking meetings it's probably good to try a network but I was so looking forward to having lunch at this one little beautiful cafe in this hotel that I like made as soon as the that one meeting was over I made like a beeline so that nobody would ask me to have lunch with them so that I could go by myself and just enjoy my lunch and savor and when I was younger that would have been like so anxiety provoking. So it is true that as we experience and practice and try new things, that comfort zone expands. Yeah. So then we have to push ourselves outside of that comfort zone. And it, that's the only way to grow. The only way to grow is by constantly pushing ourselves to areas of discomfort. But it feels good afterwards, right? Because you develop that skill. So it's totally worth the effort.
0: Yes. And like I said, it will, it will strengthen your self-confidence because after you do that, you're like, Whoa, wait, I did that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the next thing that comes along, you're like, well, why am I afraid of this? I already did that. Mm -hmm. You know, everything, especially if you do something big, everything else pales in comparison.
1: Yeah. Well, talk to me about banishing self-doubt. What does that mean?
0: Well, that is one of the things that we as humans generally wrestle with in our lives. And I'm a life and leadership coach. And no matter what topic my client brings, there's always some self-doubt in there that we have to deal with every time. So banishing the self-doubt, the self-doubt is when you think you're, you have a goal or a dream and you want to accomplish something and you're like, ah, I'm probably not trained enough to do that. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. You know, that's where the self-doubt comes in. And the more you expand your courage and your boundaries, the less that self-doubt is going to show up. And so that means the more you're going to move forward in your life, and the more you're going to accomplish and the closer you're going to get to your own dreams and goals. Mm
1: -hmm. So pushing yourself, practicing that courage, pushing past your fear, creates self-efficacy so that you feel more confident to do other tasks or to accomplish other things in your life.
0: Yes. Yes. And then the self-doubt just kind of takes a back seat because mm-hmm. you're in the driver's seat and those voices in your head get really quiet
1: mm-hmm. why do you think our society is at the point where people are so afraid of doing things I feel like even young people now they have developed a lot of social anxiety so they don't want to go out they don't want to be with groups of people because they're self-conscious or worried about what other people think why do you think that this is developing?
0: Well, I believe our culture just has, we have so many cultural norms and our culture, and especially since the invention of the internet, everything that's out there is this is the way it's done. This is the only way you can do it. This is the only way it can happen. And so, you know, people feel like that's all they can do. That's why everybody lives by the shoulds. You know, we should get married. We've been dating for four years. Uh, I should become a doctor. That's what my parents have always wanted me to do. You know, everything, I can't wear white before Memorial Day because, you know, that's a fashion faux pas. You know, all these, our culture has just trained everyone. And now with the internet, there's been even more training about every single facet of your life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so that's why, that's why I was saying earlier that we're sleepwalking because society has numbed us down Mm. and we just kind of live on a rat wheel. You know, you've got to get this job. You've got to have a job. So you have a health insurance You've got to be able to support yourself in this way. You can't dream up another way yourself. It's Mm -hmm. not going to work. That's what society tells us.
1: Mm. So that's why it's even more important to do you and to be authentic, because then we're going to be busting through those norms and setting a new norm of everybody doing what feels right for them.
0: Exactly. And that's what I did when I came back. Well, I mean, and even before I went out on that trip, you know, several of my friends were like, just, just go get a job. You just got to go get a job and get over this. But I decided not to do the norm. Yeah. And I ran away. And, but even when I came back, you know, I have created my company and my company's name is Your Life in Bold.
1: That's perfect. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that it worked out really well for you. And, and of course, now you're able to build a career on your experiences and just an incident that really just propelled you forward, even though it was painful. I love how you just took that and you turned it into gold. That's That's just amazing. Well, speaking of what you do, tell me, Lucetta, what motivates you to do the work that you do?
0: Well, I believe it was the tragedies that happened in my life. And a lot of those tragedies showed up in that one year while I was on that trip in a way that I couldn't run from it again. And so it's almost like one of my clients said, it sounds like you relived your entire life in that one year. Mm. But I, it gave me another chance to process it and you know, feel all the feels and all of that while I was out there. So what motivates me is I want to give people hope and I want to help them go from being a victim to a victor. Because no matter what happens in your life, you can you know, you want to grieve if it's something devastating and awful. You want to take time to grieve. But at some point you can make a decision not to be a victim any longer and you can become the victor and you can create a new story or a new way your life is going to go or a new way to do this or a new creative thing or, you know, whatever it is. Mm. And then you're the victor and then you're living in a completely different energy. And it really is a decision Mm-hmm. That you make. And that's another thing that's really important. And that is making decisions. Because the moment you actually decide, your energy shifts, everything changes, and you start going after it, mm-hmm. rather than waffling all the time, which is another thing that our society has taught us to do. That's part of the sleepwalking is waffling.
1: Mm-hmm. You got to get off the fence and decide one way or the other. Just make a decision and, and move forward. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for doing the work that you do because as you were saying, I think that there's a lot of people out there that know that there's a better and different way for them, but they just don't know how to start. So that's the value of using yes. a coach. There's a lot of different coaches out there now. You can find a coach that meets your needs. Um, so I would say if if you want to make that leap forward and you feel like you need help seek out the services of a coach. I truly believe in coaching. I am also a coach myself and I've used many different coaches and it's been invaluable to me. So thank you for doing that. Well, what personal habit would you say you're most proud of? How did you develop it and how do you maintain it?
0: Well, my personal habits that set me right every single day that I love the most. And that is before I go to bed every night, not, well, before I go to sleep, once I'm in the bed and laying flat, I count on my fingers so I can count it. Be sure I do it right. I lay there and I do 10 gratitudes. And like, even the first one is always like, Oh, I'm so grateful for this comfortable bed. <laughs> You know, or it could be my rent is paid for the month. I have a place to stay or my belly is full or I'm so thankful for my children or, you know, something that happened during the day. It can be anything that you're grateful for. And what that does is it actually brings you back to the present. You're like really in the moment. And then if you drift off to sleep, your subconscious is in a much better place when you sleep. And then when I wake up in the morning, I do my gratitudes again. And they will be probably for that day. I'm grateful that I got asked to be on a podcast. <laughs> I'm grateful that I'm going to, to hang out with you. And, you know, that type of thing for the day. And then I'll also lay there and meditate and kind of vision my dreams. Like vision them like they've actually already come true. And then by the time I get up, I'm in a very good place for the day.
1: So you begin and end your day with so much positivity and good endorphins and just these just great feelings that sets you up for success, really.
0: I guess, yeah. I mean, it it does because then my energetic vibrations are high. My energy level is high. I'm excited for the day. Rather than dreading it,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and it brings you joy. I can see it in your face for sure, and i and I felt it and heard it um, hearing you speak when we were together in the same room, so that that 's really nice i 've started doing the miracle morning routine i don 't know if you 've heard about it, but I started doing it at the time of the conference, so it 's been a couple of weeks now, and it involves in it meditating. And um, doing the affirmations, doing the visualizing, writing, and doing a little bit of reading. And I do that all in an hour or less every morning. And my favorite part is the affirmations and the visual- visualizing. And I know that I'm going to do that every single morning to just put me in that space of hope And excitement and you know I can just see my life unfolding but also enjoying the present moment too because that's also very important so great yes awesome beautiful good for you so Lucetta it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show today I would love for you to tell the listeners how they can connect with you and what services you provide and how they can get their hands on your books Thank you.
0: Well, I am an international speaker, a certified life and leadership coach, and an author. And you can find me on my website, which is lucettazaytune.com. And I'll spell it because that's really weird. (laughs) It's L U C E T T A Z A Y T O U N. Com. You can get lots of information there. You can actually go to the website and watch the video of the bungee jump. <laughs> it's there. Um, so yes, if you would like me to speak, you can find me there. If you would like some coaching around fear and I'm actually running an online zoom video class in July, which You can find out more about that on the events page and sign up for that, and we'll go deeper into all of this. Um, And the books, the memoir is titled It's Already Tomorrow Here. And the subtitle is Never Underestimate the Power of Running Away. (laughs) And then the itty-bitty fear-busting book is 15 Ways to Push Past Fear. And you can find both of them on Amazon. And the memoir is in paperback, ebook, and audible if you'd like to listen, and I read it so you'll hear my story in my own voice. And the itty bitty book is in ebook and paperback as well. So anything you need, I am here for you. I love you already. I want to give you hope and joy and push past your fears and help you design a life you actually love.
1: Oh, that sounds magnificent, Lucetta. Well, I will definitely put your website on the show notes. Are you also on Facebook? I am. I'm on Facebook,
0: Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. All right. And I'm posting all the time on all of those. And I try to post a lot of inspirational quotes. So feel free to join. And I do three-minute videos that I post every Monday. They're called Inspiro Bits. It's little
1: tiny inspirations for your day. Oh, that's so wonderful. And thanks for giving that information and motivation and inspiration to people because, like we said, a lot of people need that. Well, Lucetta, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been so fun. It's been a great pleasure. I'm going to be thinking about you (laughs) whenever I am walking across that bridge to jump off of it next week <laughs> so either blaming you or thanking you we'll see what happens at the end I will react yes. back.
0: <laughs> I would love to hear from you after you do that jump
1: yeah and, I, and there'll, there'll be a video of course because this has to be documented because I'm not going to do it without documenting it but thank you so much for being on the show Lucetta and I hope that you have a plantastic day
0: thank you uh, it has been such an honor to be here and I really appreciate you inviting me and letting me give people hope. And you are just amazing and you're a badass. You're gonna go jump off a bungee bridge.
1: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at RocketsurgeonsBand.com or Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RocketsurgeonsMusic. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at Facebook.com forward slash VeggieFitKids or you can email me at VeggieDoctor, V-E-G-G-I-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at VeggieFitKids.com. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a fantastic day.
0: We're having broccoli.